Game four at home, the Phoenix Suns did what they were supposed to do. They won. They tied the series. It is now 2-2. Just five days ago, it was a much different mood as the Suns returned home, battered and bruised after going down 0-2 at the hands of the Denver Nuggets. It was an offensive juggernaut team in the first game. It was a team that beat us that only allowed 87 points in game two. But Matthew, as you've said all along, it's a seven-game series. Phoenix did what they were supposed to do, and now it's tied, baby. I never worried. I never oh, worried. I always thought Shamit was going to come along and hit those big fuck you threes. That's what he did. And that's why we won tonight. And I never gave up on Aiden either. I never said the start jock over DeAndre Aiden, right? <laughs> but Man, I did there's... say Suns and Seven. So, <clears throat> welcome to the Suns Jam Session Restaurant. Uh, you'll be dining right here tonight. We are serving crow, and uh, we hope you yes. enjoy eating it. For anything yes. and anybody who said anything Everyone. anti DeAndre Aiden or Landry Shamit today, and you know what? This is what you need: performances like we saw from DeAndre Aiden from Landry Shamit tonight. It's what I said in our preview. We need to have some production from the bench. We need to have TJ Warren hit big shots and big free throws coming down the stretch. We need to have guys other than Devin Booker and Kevin Durant give us some offense. And we saw that tonight. Finally, I said it on our Twitter space at halftime. Again, if you don't follow us on Twitter at Suns Jam, that's the place to be at halftime during Suns games. Cause Matthew and I are breaking down what we see in the first half, but it's something I said, the bench plays the best at home. You have to seize that opportunity. Being up by two at halftime, ultimately winning this game by five. The Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Suns did just that. Yeah, and uh, you know Mike Adamo. You never thought that, Lizzie. Of course, I never. I'm joking, man. All right, we're all eating crow here. Of course, you want these guys to come through, and they did big time for the Suns. It's a team game, man. They play in the NBA. They're gonna make some shots, and they made some shots tonight for sure. Is that how you eat it? Is it still alive? I would yeah, rather you, have you, mine just it's, dead. Ozzy, you just bite off the bloody head. Bite off the head. <laughs> eat that fucking crow. That eat was a that bat, crow. though. That was a bat. Yeah, but I'd I rather mean, eat a bat than a crow for sure. I'd oh, I'd rather eat a crow than a bat. All right. Well, yeah. Well, those are some of the questions that we're going to answer right here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So we appreciate anybody and everybody who's tuning in to watch us live after the Phoenix Suns win game four of the Western Conference semifinals. Send this series back to Denver yes. tied 2-2. So make sure that while you're hanging out with us, you do us a couple favors if you want to. Purely if you want to. If you're watching, hit the thumbs up button. If you're listening, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you have DraftKings, go ahead and sign up with promo code SUNSJAM. If you're a new user, you can receive an incredible offer. If you deposit just 5 bucks and place a wager on any sport, you'll instantly get a $150 bonus bet added to your account. And again, using sun, code SUNSJAM truly helps out us, the podcasters, the ones who go live after every game. I know you might be hesitant to try your hand at sports betting, but let me tell you, this is a perfect opportunity to give it a shot. So again, use a promo code SUNSJAM. Remember, this is only available for new customers who are over 21 and physically present in Arizona. And please, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-SO. What are you waiting for? Head to DraftKings.com and take advantage of this incredible off opportunity today. Support the pod. That's what we're asking for. That's what we're asking for. So, Matthew, we know that when we win, we chug with the fellas. Oh, what is this? Some is that wine? Wine? What, wine what kind again. Of, what kind you know? of wine is it? 
Someone out there can definitely answer that. You but it be me. simpleton. If you're out there, comment, please. You, I'm sure you're watching. It's a red wine, but what kind of red wine? Is it a Cabernet? Is it a red blend? Is it a Merlot? It's the one Is it a Pinot Noir? This morning. Oh, it's the blood of Christ. Yes. Okay, well, uh, chug, chugging with the fellas, ladies and gentlemen. Right. <laughs> I didn't say that, God, okay. Best audio. Oh, I know. Just us gulping. Oh, us, us gulping. You're driving to work tomorrow. The kids are in the back seat. Mom, Dad, what's going on? Chugging with the fellas, They're baby. Chugging. chugging with the fellas. Oh, shut so. up. This is my favorite part. This is my Wait, favorite part. I want to hear the gulps. I want to hear the gulps. <laughs> Let's start the pod. Defeat the Denver Nuggets in game number four. Like I said, we're headed back to Denver. It's going to be a game five, a pivotal game five come Tuesday. But we got plenty to talk about in this game. An eventful and affair it was, which, of course, brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. There was a lot of things that happened in this game. A lot of weird twists and turns and plot twists. One of them being Nikolai Jokic going into the crowd and, and trying to grab the ball out of a Suns <laughs> fan's hands. And when he did, and the Sun and the Suns fan who didn't even see Nikolai Jokic come up and try to grab the ball, nope. the, the ball went flying in there, went back like four rows. And the, and the fan kind of looked at Nikolai Jokic. Nikolai Jokic kind of gave him a shove, shoved him down on his seat. Just yes. so happened that that Suns fan is new Suns owner Matt Ishbia. So my question for you, Matthew, is after that fray, Nikolai Jokic got a, an unsportsmanlike technical foul. The Suns hit a free throw after that. In all of his time as the Phoenix Suns owner, did Robert Sarver ever get the Suns actually a point? <laughs> Has any owner ever actually done that? He's given us KD and, a and he's given us a playoff point. game. A big point tonight, dude. We would have only won by four. They might have been fouling even later in the game if it wasn't for Ishbia and that great flop. A little bit of a flop, but the seat is oh, there. So I know the back flop. of his leg probably hit. Yeah, but the back of his leg, he's right next to the seat. So he probably hit. He's like, oh, you know, he's a little bit older. He's like, oh, I better he's rest my He's a former tushy. basketball player. Yeah, but dude, who shoves a fan, though? I, I First thing I thought of was Russell Westbrook when he gets mad at any fan for touching him, and they get thrown out. Anybody that gives him the middle finger, they get thrown out. Yes. How does how does Jokic not get thrown out of this game? I'm just saying he he elbowed a fan for no reason. Yes. It was no this reason. Is... And Ishbia didn't see him coming. He didn't know what was going on. All of a sudden, this big seven-foot guy is just like right there grabbing the ball. Like, what are you what's he supposed to do? I'm telling you, if this was any other player than Nikolai Jokic on the Denver Nuggets, he would have been gone. Yes. Had it been Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Contavious Caldwell Pope, DeAndre Jordan, you bet your ass he would have been gone. But because it's Nikolai Jokic, because it's the two-time MVP, there are certain things that he's allowed to get away with. And I'll start this podcast by, by giving kudos to Nikolai Jokic tonight. 53 points. 53. Jeez. 20 of 30 from the field. Two of four from beyond the arc. He had 11 assists, four rebounds. He did have six turnovers, one late in the game. That was pretty big for the Suns because when you know that there's going to be a jump ball, and it's DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton wins those jump balls. He changed something about middle of last year, and he's been winning those jump balls. 
But Nikola Jokic in 39 minutes put up 53 points. He did everything he could to carry this team. But that being said, part of Jokic's game is because of his reputation, because of him being a two-time MVP, he gets away with things. And that's just the way it goes in basketball. Before that play even happened, Nikola Jokic in the first quarter had two fouls. He checked out of the game, as he kind of normally does around the two-minute mark. And when he came back, he knew that the officials were not going to call him for a third foul. He came in instantly, fouled DeAndre Ayton, and it wasn't called. The next play, wasn't he could have been called for an offensive foul the way he backed down DeAndre Ayton. They called the foul on DA. That's the Joker effect. That's the two-time MVP effect. One, he flails and he hobbles and he bobbles and he kind of looks drunk out there, as somebody noted in the chat. Kind of looks like me after chugging with the fellas a little bit. But he gets away with a lot of things. They they allowed him to get away with a forearm shiver. He forearm shivers everyone, by the way. Every time he drives to the basket, he's, he leads with a forearm. They never call it. Ever. Watch it. Ever. It's like watching playoff P, push off P, Paul George. Always just like Heisman Trophy into the lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he did the same thing yeah. to Matt Ishbia. And, and so I'll ask you this. As you watch that, what did you see from the Joker tonight? And do you think there'll be any repercussions for the actions he took against a fan who just happens to be the owner? The fact that he's the owner doesn't matter. If that's any other fan, you you, you can't do that. You just can't do that, man. No, you can't because that's like Malice in the Palace. Like, you just can't start anything like that because then everyone comes in. I'm surprised. I mean, there was one guy that came in and hit. He didn't hit him. He just kind of pushed him away. He got kicked out. Well, they, like, said, barely, they said they, he re- he he relocated them. Yeah, that was insane. I don't know why that guy did, but the walking chicken nugget is always an issue. I think whenever he's actually going to the paint, man, like it's something hard to watch. It's like, oh, this is nasty. I know he's going to get a good shot off because he can get over anybody, but the only part is like, is he going to get the call? Is he not going to get the call? Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. It's never consistent with this guy, and you just have to deal with it the way the way it is right now with Jokic and how he's just dominating. He's hitting basically everything. He was two for three from three um, in the third. And then Aiden started getting more on him, which was good. Good defense by Aiden. But then also it's like, you can see the rest of the Nuggets players tonight. They were just kind of watching him and like, all right, come on, get a good shot. Like they're relying on him so much. So going into the series, you realize like a lot of people were talking about the Suns and not have the actual guys, the backup Booker and KD. Now, when I'm watching this game tonight, even kind of last night, it just seems like Jamal Murray can be the guy, but at certain times I don't trust him. I don't, I'm like, yes, let him shoot the ball for sure. But they just have nobody really to back up Jokic. MPJ, everybody's subreddit wants him gone. They want him traded. There's just wow. no one to help him right now, man. It's just it's Jokic or nothing. Murray, maybe. If he can step into a couple threes and hit some big shots contested, good. But it's just all on Jokic right now, man. It looks scary for the Nuggets because. Tonight, they they fought hard. They came back. But it's only because of Jokic, man. That guy's his own planet. You can't stop him no matter what you do. He's, you know, Jokic, or um, Doncic, we used to say, was a planet, right? Jokic is just, you can't do anything with that guy right now. Yeah, the difference between Jokic and uh, Doncic is Doncic will take a handful of just shit shots throughout the game. And you can rely on those shit shots. It's the same thing that we saw with Russell Westbrook in the first round. You can count on him to make some shitty shots. Now, the efficiency in which Jokic operated tonight, again, 20 of 30, 66% from the field, 53-piece. But that's kind of the strategy, right? I mean, I'm I'm sure you've seen it in the subreddits as you've been hanging out uh, in Denver, a mile high with everybody else. And one of the things that a lot of the the fans of the, the Nuggets know is, hey, listen, stop Booker, or I mean, let Booker cook, 
let KD cook. Everyone else will just sit and watch, and that's a good defensive strategy to beat the Suns. It's the same strategy for the Phoenix Suns against Denver. Hey, let Jokic be the guy who's scoring all the points. Because if he is, he's not necessarily allowing his teammates to get engaged. And granted, again, as I mentioned before, he did have 11 assists in this game. He had 30, 17, and 17 in game three. In this one, he had 53, 11, and four. The key there is due to the ability and, and the gas that it takes in the tank to get that 53 points. It does take out his effectiveness on the boards. He's not he's starting his possessions out of the three-point line and working down instead of working out of the block a lot. And, and getting those putbacks that are killers, the volleyball putbacks that Nikolai Jokic possesses. So the Suns, once again, re rely on one-on-one -on -one defense against Jokic in this game. We've seen it the entire series. What did they say uh, in Game 3? You wouldn't know because you were at the game, but I believe they said on the broadcast that in the, uh, the first couple games, he only was doubled like three times. Like they are not shooting doubles at Nikolai Jokic. We're starting to see a few of them on Jamal Murray, but the Suns believe that the best way to stop Jokic is to let him score, but not let those other guys get in rhythm, not let Bruce Brown get in rhythm, not let Jalen or yeah. uh, uh, not Jalen green. What's his name? Jeff green, old man, Jeff green, not let him get in rhythm. Not let Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter jr. Get in rhythm from beyond the arc. I mean, Porter took the shots. He took nine of them, but a lot of them, were contested. A lot of them weren't those wide open three point corner shots that he's used to getting when the gravity of Jokic pulls in a double team. The Suns are playing them straight up. And for the last two games, it's worked uh, in the Suns' favor. Yeah. And I noticed too, like it's just like the uh, the defense too, rotating is really good now from the Suns. But also, it's like they're not chasing guys as much where these guys are getting hot, like you said, and they kind of, you know, they're helping Jokic out by hitting the big shots like they did in the first game. It just it seems like a different game now where it just it just seems like it's Jokic versus all. It's Jokic versus KD and, and Devin Booker. And I feel like it's more of that than ever. I always thought it was like that going into the series for sure, but you always just feel like, well, who's gonna help them out? But I'm like, yeah, who cares? It's the best players on the court. I think the way Jokic is playing is unstoppable for sure, but it's nothing that can win you a series because when I look at Jamal Murray, who 28 points, 13 for 25, which is it's good. It's good. Uh seven assists. That's what you want from a point guard. That's pretty pretty good but you just need the other guy like Suns have in Katie and book mm -hmm. like you just 100%. you have to have it in this kind of match I, I just think that's the way it is and when you're in the playoffs forget the regular season how well that team meshed when it comes down to hitting just big shots and who you can rely on you have to have the two guys on one team and the Suns have them right now and it's not like they blew them out and they're not going to because this team for sure is just not gelling the way they should be but right now I think it's 16 games that they played all together with KD. Yep. But so far, you can see a little bit here and there to where they're kind of gelling better. There's a few throwaway passes from KD here or there. But other than that, like this team is all squared away on defense. Offense are on, yeah, on the offensive end. On the defensive end, it's just, it's hard because you're playing against a guy like Jokic in the playoffs who has to prove something. You cannot stop that. But right now, they're doing a good job at, you know, lowering that confidence that the Nuggets other players did have going into the Bingo. series where those guys look like the Suns at the last, the previous two games where they're just kind of lost out there. Like they don't believe in themselves. That's the way the Nuggets players look like right now. Bingo, bingo. And, and shout out to blaze Megatron, one of our elite jamsters. Again, if you want to be an elite jamster on YouTube, simply click the join button below. He states, make Jokic, make Jokic score, not play, make. 
Name a better playmaker than Jokic. Now name a better scoring center than Jokic. Make him score. And that's the key. That's the key. And to your point, when the the rest of the team is standing around and they're not engaged and they're not they're not finding that rhythm, there's an opportunity there. Now, all this is being stated. The Suns almost lost this, this one. Yeah. This they they only won by five, but they won. And that's exactly. what's important. That's what's important. A 53 piece, a career high by 10 points for Nikola Jokic. And we gave them the L. That's what's important. And there's a lot of different contributing factors that uh, that led to a Suns victory. Let's see. Where should I start? Oh, yeah! Shabba-lama-ding-dong! Sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. Six of nine from the field for Landry Shaman in this game in 30 minutes played. He was five of eight from beyond the arc. 19 total points. He had zero assists. He had zero rebounds. He had zero steals. He had zero blocks, but he had 19 points, five of eight, as I mentioned, from beyond the arc. And of those 19 points, 14 came in the fourth quarter, Matthew. What'd you see from Landry Shamit tonight? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I wrote down Devin Booker, those fucky threes, man. Even double team a fucky three from Book to end the third. But Shamit, when Book was out, was huge. Nine points. He had the uh, three for four from three in the fourth, which, you know, I was actually the first three, like, yes, it went in second three. I was like, all right, keep shooting. It looks good. Body language looks good. He looks confident in himself, but all game long, his defense, the look on his face, there's like, there's like slow motion, like replays of him playing defense on Murray. And he would give up a shot because Murray is that good, but you just see his face like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. yeah." Like he just (laughs) did these weird things like, ah, dude, I'm possessed today. That's how he looked out there. It looked like he ate some crow before the game. (laughs) Yeah, He's like, oh, my stomach. Oh, it's called food poisoning, Matthew. Yeah, that's what that was. It was just food poisoning, but (laughs) it led to a lot of threes from him. But uh, you know what? Even like the one where he, he made one, you miss the next one. The third one though, I'm like, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it from KD. KD trusted him, pass it over. I'm like, shoot it. I trust him in that moment. And, Jamsters, you could say, well, Matthew, you never believed him at all. I'm telling you guys, if you watch him just the way he was playing tonight, and even if he didn't make his threes, it looked different. It was a different kind of shaman out there, like it was in Aiden. They just they had this confidence in themselves where they believe in themselves more than right now than what the Nuggets look like on the from the bench. So that is very important for, for Shaman. I've never really seen him play this confident. If he didn't make his threes, of course, like fuck, you know, damn, why is he shooting that much? Oh, but it bad. started with the first one. And then the third one, I was still confident. I'm like, shoot that shit. And then the one in the corner, I'm like, dude, leaving them wide open too. They kept leaving them open because they don't think he has the confidence, but he shut everybody up tonight. So congratulations to Shamit. I'm very happy you came through because you won us the game tonight for sure. Hell yes. 14 in that fourth quarter for Landry Shamit. He went four of six from the field. All of those were from from beyond the arc. And I'm right there with you. I've been doubting Shamit. No one's been more critical of Landry Shamit than I have been. I mean, I'm I'm writing articles on Bright Side of the Sun saying Shamit ain't it, and I mean, I've been I've been beating that drum now for multiple games throughout this playoffs because he's lacked confidence. He hasn't given us anything that is positive on the on the court, and because of that, I feel like there's been other opportunity for other players to come in and step up tonight. The guy who stepped up was Landry Shamit. And it wasn't just on the offensive end. It was on the defensive end. He was, his motor was high. Like you, like you mentioned, he looked mad on defense. He looked pissed off on defense. He was making Jamal Murray work for everything. Now, again, 
Murray ended this game with a total of 28 points on 13 of 25 shooting. He played 42 minutes. Landry Shamit was out there for 30. Landry Shamit in the fourth quarter, Matthew, don't know if you knew this, but he ended up playing all 12 minutes. He did not come out of the game in the fourth because of the defense that he was providing on Jamal Murray. He was pestering him. It reminded me a lot of what the New Orleans Pelicans did to Chris Paul last year because he was picking him up three-quarter court all the time. He was meeting him at the at the time stripe. He was just putting pressure on him. He was botting him up, and he was trying to wear him out. If, if you're going to have Nikolai Jokic go crazy, you got to try to neutralize the other his, his Robin. And that's what, like last year, Chris Paul was the Robin. Devin Booker was Batman. Chris Paul was the Robin. And that's what it is with this team. Nikolai Jokic is Batman. Jamal Murray's Robin. So what do you do? You wear out Robin. And Landry Shamit, he's the guy who gets the, he kind of looks like the Riddler, right? He's got that, that kind of like, <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hey, you know? yeah, definitely. So, that should be a uh, Valentine's card. Hey, you look like the Riddler. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you tickle my nibbler? <laughs> I don't know if that's a riddle, riddle, but that's, he was out there trying to neutralize Robin and he did a good job of it. He took he, Murray, who in the first half was, was hitting some very difficult shots. Now he was hitting them. But he was hitting some very difficult shots. Now, granted, he was 6 of 15 in that first half. Landry Shamit played 10, 10 minutes in that first half. In the second half, Monty just, he's, he's like, you know what, Landry, you're playing 20 minutes out there. We're going to have you pretty much match Jamal Murray because Jamal Murray uh, was played 21 minutes in the second half. Now, granted, he went 7 of 10 from the field. That's where he did the majority of his scoring. But his engagement on the defensive end led to some offense. Now, obviously, how did it lead to offense? Well, we've been saying this since Kevin Durant joined this, this basketball team. The gravity that Kevin Durant brings, along with Devin Booker, you're going to have wide-open shooters. Josh Okoge, we learned early on that Josh Okoge, going all the way back to that Bucks game, where Josh Okoge went, what, 0 of 8 from beyond the arc coming out of the corner three? We knew it wasn't going to be Josh Okoge. We talked about TJ Warren. We talked about Terrence Ross. Due to the Chris Paul injury, Landry Shamit's going to get some minutes held before the Chris Paul injury. Landry Shamit was getting minutes. But he's the guy who's going to be wide open in the corner because of the gravity of Chris, or I'm sorry, of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And we saw that tonight. And the key for Landry Shamit is he is a much, much better on the catch and shoot than coming off of screens and shooting. He's not Reggie Miller. Okay. He's PJ Tucker. He can just fire away in, in the corner and that he did tonight and that's what was a key to victory for the phoenix Suns tonight yeah Shep. it's about yeah stepping up into the shot that's it if he fades away it's bad and he used to do that too like just on the roll like you know the catch and shoot but he would like roll around a screen and still fade to the right fade to the left yes which is like things never he square should not do he should never be that guy he should look even that tj ross like i always do that tj ross it's T so easy to it, say it, that it, <laughs> terrence <TJ>? ross <laughs> we need to just terrence like that needs to change his first name to tj and I think the announcers say it too. I swear, I keep even at the game. They're like TJ Ross. They did not say Terrence. I think they said TJ Ross. Just combine those. Come on, two, Vince Morata, you better have the than same that. jersey out there, same number too. Make it even more confusing. <laughs> yeah, just completely throw off everybody in the stands. I mean, Vince <laughs> yes, Morata's already being yeah. thrown off. Uh, <laughs> shout out to some of the jamsters. Parker Hines, an elite jamster, gave us one ninety nine in the super chat. We appreciate you Love supporting it. the podcast. He says the Landry Shamit game. Are you calling it that? Yes, 100%. Hell he had yeah. 19 points. Hell yeah, dude. 19 yep. points coming off the bench. Absolutely paramount. He alone outscored 
the bench of the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets bench had 11 points in this game. The 19 points by Landry Shamit, you had eight from Ross, you had eight from Landell, and you had five from Warren. Eight, 19, 16, 35, was that 40 points? 40 to 11, is that what it ended up being? Math. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, there you go. Suns Fever 83, $2 in the super chat. Thanks for supporting the pod. 40 points from the bench. Well done. That's exactly what we needed. You're at home. It's It's got to happen. It has to happen. You need to have your bench step up the way that they did. And I absolutely love that we can sit here and we can talk about a great Shamit game. You, know, you have to realize that, Jamsters, when we sit here and we analyze and sometimes criticize aspects of this team and of this roster, it's not of spite or malice. It's out of frustration because they're not performing to the level in which we want and what yeah. we expect and what we need. And that's what we got from Shamit is what we needed in this game. I can't wait to write a piece for Brightside <laughs> talking about Landry Shamit and how, but yeah, long dong Shamit. I don't know. I can't come. You up gotta with do something. One. But yeah, and even in my notes too, before his little stretch of threes, I put full court defense. Great, just not yes. playing insecure, blocking out the noise. That's how he looked. And I'll share my screen, but I don't want you to see my notes and copy my notes. But that's what I put before. It's not like if he hits his, if he misses his shots, yeah, it's bad. But he wouldn't take that many threes if he wasn't on fire. But just the way he was out there, it looks different. It's a guy that's confident in himself, like I said before. And that's what we need to do, man. It's a relationship, both ends. We got to give that energy. And now he's given that energy. And we hope it can carry into game five. Obviously, bench players on the road have much uh, more of a challenge. Again, we saw that from yeah. Denver tonight. Kind of saw that from their whole team, lethargic, and they still scored 120 of uh, 24 points. But uh, in other news, Big Dick Booker. Devin Booker's absolutely insane. He's insane. He's an elite shot maker. In the last two games, he has now gone, let's see, let's do some quick math on the fly here. He's gone 34 of 43, 34 of 43. That sound right? Yeah, he was 20 of 25 in the last game. <laughs> yeah. He was 14 of 18 in this game. <clears throat> Three of four from beyond the arc, five of six from the free throw line. 36 points, 12 assists for Devin Booker. He dropped his average from 36.9 to 36.8 in this game, Matthew. I'm disappointed. Come on, Booker. I think you'd be better. <laughs> what? Like, yeah, what are we I mean, witnessing, dude? I didn't get. It. Oh I, my! I, I didn't. I, I don't didn't know. You were at the game, obviously. You went to Game Three, which yes. must have been an, an amazing experience. Yeah, which I want to yep. hear a little Shout bit. Shout out about. to Drew. Thank you very much for the tickets. It was awesome. Uh, took some uh, halftime shots because he works there. So yes. very nice, very fun. Drew, the man, dude. But yes. you got you got to feel what it was like there. <laughs> And yeah. then you see this, like you weren't here, you weren't present on the podcast for my Booker Gasm. So now it's your chance to have a Booker Gasm all over the Jamsters, dude. Well, I mean, I had the halftime uh, little thing. We had the Spotify little um, talk. We it's on Twitter. I, it's tw- oh, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter Spaces. Twitter oh, Spaces. No, no, there you go. No. Yeah, I knew there was like an S. In you there. didn't even know anyone's listening. You're just like you thought I was yeah, I'm just talking. On the phone. I'm on the show. <laughs> yeah, I thought um, it was a yeah. phone call. <laughs> The fuck you're, I'm like, oh, John's calling me. Hold on, <laughs> um, dude. <laughs> halftime, I he had 11, 11 attempts. I was like, I want 30. He only had 18, but it seemed like he took 30. This guy right now, he's playing like MJ. The first thing I thought about because I was actually listening to the pod, John. I don't know where he went, probably take a shit. The first I thing I thought about before I listened, I had you guys on when I was driving home, but the first thing I thought about at the game, and I've thought about this before, was just Michael Jordan. I mean, obviously, I wasn't young enough to really relive that. You were young enough. 
but no, but not not that time. I didn't know what I was doing, dude. I was playing with my pencils, looking at pencil porn, whatever. So, so I was making out with pencils. Yeah, I was making out with pencils at the time, my own size. Don't worry. And you know, I was I was just I I was thinking MJ right away, and I think like everything he's been doing is ridiculous. The fuck you threes is a big thing, right? That was the next step he had to take. He hit a couple of them in the third, and then yes. he hit the one to end the third double teamed. Yes, like he was like, I don't care. And you know, I love KD, but I want Booker to take every shot. I just like Jokic. I want them to go back and forth. And I, you know, KD stepped up big tonight and he was that guy. But the way I am as a Suns fan, and this is nothing bad against KD, I just want Booker to handle that ball all the time. Why else would he give up a shot? I know double teams come, but find a way to give him the shot. But the double teams didn't even matter tonight, man. He was just going off. It's his will, his fight to to get to the next round. He doesn't care who's on this team or how bad they've been in the past, you know, how the injuries came and now Chris Paul's gone. He doesn't care. He wants to beat Jokic. He knows Jokic is probably the MVP. I think they were talking about the TNT halftime, how he should have been MVP over, over Embiid, which is probably a thing. But but Booker's like, what about me? Why am I never in the conversation? Why not? This guy is just fucking insane, and he can't be stopped. He's a guy offensively, and they talked about subreddit. He doesn't play defense. Bullshit. He doesn't Shit. play defense. He he boxes out. He makes sure that, you know what, if the Nuggets are going to miss a shot, we're going to get the opportunity to get the ball back and limit the second chance points. That's what he does. His head's always in the game. You can't say he doesn't play defense at all because he does it on both sides of the court and his energy's gone. He comes out two mi- for two minutes in the fourth, two or three minutes. Yep. He's pissed. He's like standing up the whole time, basically like, wait, why am I? I have four fouls. I'll be fine. I can deal with this four fouls with eight minutes left in the game or 10 minutes. I'll be fine. But just you can't take him out of the game. You can't pass the ball up. He just he's brilliant, dude. As I spit all over the place. Brilliant. What a great way to describe him. Because that's what he's been this entire playoff run. As you mentioned in that third quarter, time's running down. He's dribbling. He's dribbling. He goes to his left. The double team comes. He looks up at the cylinder and he simply says, It doesn't matter. And he fucking strokes the three. Massive, massive moment right there for Devin Booker again. And what we're seeing consistently through this playoffs is, yeah, he's not mentioned as the MVP. He didn't didn't play enough games this year. Flat out. Flat out. Just, you know, due to sheer lack of availability midseason. But he's been the MVP in this playoffs, and there's no no one who's going to debate that. He's the best player right now. I mean, Jokic maybe. Jokic after tonight threw up a great game. He did. But but if you look at the entirety of this playoffs – and what Devin Booker has meant to this playoffs and this postseason, you'd think that two years ago was his coming out party when he went to the finals. And last year he had, as, as we've mentioned before, some really good games against the Pelicans before he pulled his hamstring. But what he's doing this, this postseason on this stage with so many eyes upon him and just consistently doing it, that's the key. Is In his first run in 2021, or, or yeah, 2021, it was amazing, but he had some duds in there. And last year, obviously, got injured. This year, it's just consistent. I mean, 36, right on the nose. Like, it's nothing. Efficient as fuck. That's the other key. Unbelievable efficiency. So, again, I said on the last podcast, and I'll continue to say it during this playoff run, enjoy this, Suns fans. This is fucking amazing. Growing up watching Michael Jordan, this was what it was like. He was a walking bucket. He'd hit shots in unbelievable ways and and, and all three levels and the consistency and the the – Degree of difficulty, what he's doing, appreciate it because this isn't normal. Look at Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's a damn good basketball player. I enjoy watching Jamal Murray play. Okay. 
I think that he's 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 somebody who is just a hell of a player. Uh, he he doesn't have a punchable face. Somebody hit me up on Twitter and they're like, "Hey, you see in your top five punchable faces?" I'm like, "No, not even close. Never wanted to punch Jamal Murray in the face." Dylan no, Brooks after that up. dick pic, we're good. Like we just, he's not punchable. He's cool. He's been through a lot. <laughs> he has been through a lot. That's for sure. But I respect him. But again, you see some of his inefficiencies at time. And for Booker, it's less and less. And they're talking about a little bit on the broadcast how we ha- we haven't really seen that efficient KD game. And that's what Kevin Durant, that's been his calling card throughout his entire, his entire career, is his efficiency and what he can do. And go figure tonight, we got that from one Kevin Durant. Who the heck are you? I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever play a game. Shout out real quick to uh, equipment manager, fallen founder, who's watching along live <laughs> in our G- elite jamsters. You know, we were wondering if he was coach fallen founder a couple pods ago, and he's letting us know that he's the equipment manager. Uh, he's kind of like Nate in Ted. Taking Lasso, a step down, spending more time yes. with the family. Yep. Well, you know, exactly. Understood. You know, yep. it's, it's easier to go on dates. Uh, when you're not the actual coach, so shout out to you. Go but on, Kevin geez. Durant in this game, 44 minutes played, 11 of 19 from the field, 36 points for him as well. Whereas Devin Booker had 12 assists. You had Kevin Durant had the 11 rebounds, also had six assists, a couple steals, a block, did have the five turnovers. That was one thing we noted on the last podcast. He did an amazing job taking care of the ball in game three with zero turnovers, had the five in this one. But when you combine Devin Booker and you combine Kevin Durant in this game, they end up going 25 of uh, math, 37, 25 of 37. And I'm sure you'll reference it in the subreddit stakeout as Denver fans have just got, they, they got to be losing their minds at the efficiency in which both of these guys are scoring. Yeah, they are. Um, great, great people out there. Shout out Denver fans. They love the pod. They, you know, subscribe to us, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, they get they get sick of it, but they're more sick of the rest and the commentary. I don't know why. Um, but dude, it was I think it was in the third, man. Booker, I mean, it was in the third. I just mean I think it was when it started really to really click for this team. Uh, you saw parts of it in the first half, but with Kevin Durant, but it just seemed like there were times where he would just, you know, the turnovers five, book at five but you don't notice that really as much with Katie just took out more because it's like, what the fuck was that pass? It looked like Cameron Payne passes. He had a lot of those in the first half, some in the second half, but more in the first half, the third quarter looked really good. Him and Booker were nine of 10. The whole team was 14 of 18 in the third quarter. And then you go head to head. It's it's insane, dude. So that's why it's like every 10 goes to them double, but then those five extra shots, the other guys made, they came up big in the third. The nuggets were 12 of 23 in that third. And then Jokic was six of 10 Murray combined with Jokic 9 of 15. So it's like, I, you know, they both had the nine shots, but you just see how efficient Booker and KD are together. KD, the only thing is, is just those passes he has, but I just think it's just him knowing the system more and knowing where guys are rotating and where to be because those passes are pretty weak and they're not, they're not as, as hard. Like he throws it so soft sometimes where I'm just like, wait, does he expect someone to come up to him or something? Because the guy's across the court and he just throws it so short, it gets picked off. Yeah. And he gets kind of down on himself. I'm like, this is a lot of Cameron Payne I'm seeing in this guy. He needs to stop that. Just fucking stop sitting there like, God damn it. You know, when someone makes a shot, a tough shot and one, fuck shit. That's fine, I guess. I, maybe that's KD's game. But for me, that doesn't, that's not book style. That's not the Suns team style. You got to knock that off, dude. Just brush it off and continue to play hard. 
because those will those turnovers will completely diminish in the next few games because he's getting close, man. His efficiency is rising. Oh, yeah. The last few games at the game, it was tough to watch because every time the ball was released off his hand, it didn't look like it was going to go in. First half of this game, they were just like clanking in and out. It was terrible to watch. But then at the end of uh, the, I think, was it the first, the second quarter? Where he hit that to go into halftime, he hit the nothing but net from Booker, just chucking it down the court. That was the end of the first quarter. Was it the end of the first quarter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that kind of was like something where it's like, ooh, I haven't seen a shot like that going for KD yet as a son. And it kind of led so for two little bit better shots for him going into the the next half. But KD right now is close. I think he's really close. He's there. He's there. He's there. It's just those passes. Just those passes. That's it. I'm not saying it's just him. It's just him and the team all around just kind of gelling together. But you can see it coming, man. It's going to be big next game, I think. Kevin Durant, the last two games, is averaging 37 and a half points, and we think he's mm-hmm. close. Isn't that funny? <laughs> but he knows he is, too, because of his body is. language. He knows he's oh, fucking yeah. up sometimes. I'm just saying it's oh, still yeah. there a little bit. So it's oh, yeah. fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's only been 16 games. Exactly. And yeah. what we what we saw from him in the, in the past two games, and you saw it again tonight, and I think it's the cerebralness that a veteran like Kevin Durant brings to the team, is he's like, I'm just going to attack. I, I, I know that the lateral quickness of Aaron Gordon and any defender really on Denver isn't what it was in the Clippers series. When you're playing against the Clippers and Russell Westbrook and everybody else who was guarding him was getting underneath him to start a possession and he could not even create any space, he didn't have the ability to move and get to his spots. Whereas against the Denver Nuggets, he does. And Aaron Gordon, he attacked right off the bat, got a couple fouls on him early, which again, you, you take... Nikolai Jokic, and you put him on an island and force him to be the scorer by taking away the shooters around him. You get foul trouble on some of those other ga- those other uh, shooters, and that's going to disrupt rhythm. And meanwhile, Kevin Durant found that rhythm. He found it, and he's found it over the last couple games. He was, what, 12 uh, or 11 of 12 from the free throw line in the last game. He was 12 of 13 from the free throw line in this one. And that's where that's the adjustment that he and Monty Williams has ma- made over the last two games. He's like, listen... These guys have to take a step back because they they lack the lateral quickness. So and then he can blow by him and get to his spots. And if he doesn't get to his spots, he can get to the front the foul line. I think that's unbelievably valuable for this team. I think that that uh, that quarter one buzzer beater. My wife was watching on the count couch and she goes, "My sister." That's correct. My my wife is your sister. We are brothers in law, uh, in laws. We are John and Matthew. Jan, I just have to say that after J A M. But she she goes. That was outstanding when he hit the bus. Peter, I go, yes, yes, it was outstanding. She's been reading um, a lot. That's a big word. <laughs> she, she, she's, she's out back right now. Uh, she's out back right now reading a book with the dogs, uh, a cat on the leash, and our big turtle, Franklin. Tortoise. What a life he got over there, man. Oh, a bunch man. of big animals. Love yeah, it. Just, just animals. It's a farm. Big it's a fat farm. animals. Big old farm here. Uh, <laughs> with, with this game, Kevin Durant moves past Jerry West for eighth Oops. all-time. Uh, in playoff field goals made list. So he's got that going for him, which is nice as well. But I like what I'm seeing from KD, and you're right. He, he's understanding the cohesiveness that he's growing with this team. You see more and more every game. Mm-hmm. And even when he started off shooting bad in game three, he found that way to ultimately uh, right the ship. And the ship is is about to make dock, if you will. We're getting there. I thought this was it. I was comparing it, you know, Thanksgiving Day. You know, you have like your little snacks and stuff, little chips, you know, seven layer dip and stuff. It's really good stuff, right? We're seeing really good stuff. 
yeah, it's I'm like comparing Super Bowl. This, this whole buildup. No, Thanksgiving. Who has seven layer the, dip on Thanksgiving? Oh, my family. So you got the clam dip, you have the crackers, you have the seven layer dip. You're like snooping around, you're like picking at stuff, right? For Thanksgiving. And it's not the it's not the meal yet, right? You're not there yet filling up two plates with gravy. So we're still appetizers. snacking, right? We're still snacking. We'll get those games. I just believe we're not out of the series. We're gonna win the series, like I said, but we're gonna get those games. We're just like, oh, this is I'm full of it. Like we're gonna be full of it pretty soon, I feel like. Watch. Tell you it wasn't full of it was DeAndre Ayton in this one. Segue <laughs> there. 27 minutes played, only three what? of six from the field, only had eight points, only had eight rebounds. Four of them came on the offensive end. Three of them came on the first play of the game. Had a couple blocks, had a steal. But what we saw from DeAndre Ayton, again, you can't always look at the box score with him. No. And we saw much more engagement from DA in this game. We saw much more hustle. We saw Booker actively looking for him. We saw him playing with what I would define as force. Hell, he even got a technical from the bench. Uh, Sarah T- Tran. So we like Aiton again? Yes. Yeah, again, we 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 like when he plays well, and we don't like when he doesn't play well. It's this amazing concept that we have. And I like, what again, what I saw from him. Now, again, there was, a, there was an adjustment by Monty. You look at that second half, and DeAndre Aiton only played 12 minutes in it. He was only one of one from the field. Okay. It was primarily Jock Landell in that second half. There's there's a DA game coming. There's an offensive DA game coming. But right now, what they're doing is they're just saying, hey, we're going to throw him out there. We're going to have him isolate on Nikolai Jokic and hold his own there and then just try to go grab some rebounds. And tonight, he finally, on the defensive switches on the backside, he finally looked like he knew what the fuck was going on. I said it on our Twitter space at halftime. It looked like he watched a lot of film. He took it seriously and understood what his assignment was on the backside because that's where he's been getting burned. He's been getting burned on backside rotations when there's a high screen and it comes around to him. You know, they're not using Jokic and Murray in that high screen. They'll run MPJ or uh, Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray on that high screen. And as it comes around, he would just, he, he'd be off in, in the Bahamas. He <laughs> yes, wasn't in yes, this he game. Would, yeah. He was out there and he was engaged and I appreciate it. Now, granted, do I want more from him offensively? Yes, I always will. But that time will come. And if we can advance to the Western Conference Finals, that's when that time will come. In this series, it's simply about beating the shit out of Jokic as much as you can, letting him score 53 points on you and, J- and Jock Landell, and not letting anybody else get, in- get involved in the game. Yeah, dude. Um, Jorbo says it. Uh, I'm, I still miss 2021. We Aiden. all do. Yeah, but the thing is, like, we don't have a point guard right now either, so we're not going to get a whole lot of Aiden just scoring a lot off a of pick and roll, which he never really did before, but there's not really a well-run offense right now to give him the ball, I feel like. And defensively, I feel like we kind of... Oh, sorry. Let me click over that. My bad. Go ahead and I'm click. trying to change. I'm trying to change the comment. <laughs> sorry, Jarvo. Your comment came back once again. I'm not going to read it again. Um, but Aiden, the only things I like. So if we lose this game, we lose this game. It's never on Aiden for this type of game because of his effort. Him getting on the ball to grab that ball towards the end of the game where they called a timeout, but they didn't get a timeout, which, of course, yeah. every other team that does this does that to us, they get the timeout. But we don't get the timeout, which makes no sense. Um, but doing that, getting back MPJ with a stupid-ass three, and Aiden just runs by. I don't know if he touched it or not, but he runs by and gets his hands up. That's mm-hmm. huge. The guy mm-hmm. in Aiden, he's Hustle. athletic. He's fast. He's quick for his size. And he used it tonight. He used it on any play possible. And his, his minutes are limited now. 
And it's like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. He's our number one pick. But I kind of like it now because it's like, well, he won't be tired. Those minutes are just used at a high rate now where he's going to get a lot more efficiency from the field. I feel like and can outplay players in certain situations defensively. He was that tonight. I think when he came back in for Jock um, and he gave up a few plays defensively, it's like, oh, shit, like we need the physical play from Jock down there. And But on the other end, he got the end one. He finished against Jamal Murray tonight, got the end one. He was doing things that he wasn't doing the last few games. He played huge tonight. And I don't even care what his box score says, man. He played huge in the fans in the arena. You can hear it. They knew it. That one dunk, you can hear it from them. They just, they'll respond. And like Shamit, we just need that energy back from you, man. Like we just need that. I mean, it's nothing on you personally at all. It's just, we can tell when you're not dominating out there at all. You know what I mean? Like it, it just makes sense. It makes sense for us to be a little frustrated. It's okay. But he was a man tonight, man. You know, he could have pouted like he did last game a little bit, been mad, put his head down, but he was a man tonight. He came out and played his minutes hard. I just, I loved his game tonight. Yeah, and you're right. The loudest moments in that stadium are when DeAndre Ayton dunks the fucking ball. Because when he yes. does, he, and he does it with authority, and he did that in the middle of the second. And again, Devin Booker was actively looking for him. He's the little brother on the team, good, bad, or indifferent. When you have Devin Booker, who's a straight killer, when you have mm-hmm. Kevin Durant and Chris Paul, who are the OGs of this league, DeAndre Ayton will always be the little brother, and he acts like the little brother sometimes. And today he came out there and he said, okay, listen, I'll do I'll do what you guys say. I'll, I'll take your advice. I'll listen to your feedback, and I'll act in a positive manner based on your feedback. And the energy was there right from the tip, and everybody saw it. And you knew that it was it was the perfect first possession of the game for Phoenix because that's exactly what they need. Because there's there's mumblings and rumblings about uh, around DeAndre Ayton. Some people are saying, yeah, start jock. Like, no, no, no. We don't need to go into this. <laughs> no, don't do that. Like, you Just don't split their minutes. Yeah, you split the minutes and you use them effectively and you keep fresh legs out there at all times against Nikola Jokic. That's what you do, and that's what Monty has done. And again, knowing that he goes out there and hits gets three offensive rebounds in the first possession, which leads to a Devin Booker jumper. That just got the crowd right back behind him. I, and that was part of the piece that I wrote for Brightside yesterday was literally just saying, like, listen, whatever's going to happen and whatever conversations we want to have about DeAndre Ayton, same for the postseason. And, and, and same for these podcasts, because this is where we can be real, because good, bad, or indifferent, he ain't listening to this shit. But if you're there, if you're in the stadium, and I said it on the last pod, cheer him on, get behind him. Let him feel the energy. Whether you feel he's earned it or not, he needs it. He's one of those guys. He's not Devin Booker. He's not Kevin Durant. He needs to feel it. And based off his effort right off the bat, he felt it the rest of the game, and he was positive. Hell, he got a Devin Booker-style technical foul from the bench, and I wasn't even mad at it. That means he was engaged. That means he was yelling and screaming. Now, if we had lost by one point, I would have been pretty fucking pissed. (laughs) Jesus, this is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my jack. Landale. Glandell in this game, again, another solid performance from him. 21 total minutes played. He was four of six from the field, had five boards, an assist to steal, had eight total points. I'm liking what I see from Jock. Again, two consecutive games where he's active on both ends of the floor. He's not somebody who you're running any sets or play for. But as I stated on the last pod, I'll continue. He's our, he's our fuck shit up guy right now. You need a fuck shit up guy. The challenge that the Nuggets had in this game and and in the two games that they played in Phoenix, they lacked a fuck shit up guy. Their fuck shit up guy, quote unquote, in the first two games was Contavious Caldwell Pope, and he fucked shit up by hitting dagger three pointers. He hasn't done that in Phoenix. 
Jock Landell has, and that's what I like now. Suck my jock. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't here last part. I did pop on for a little bit bald-headed, and I was like, Jock Landell, come on, guys. All you jamsters, John, all you guys told me, no Jock, no more Jock. I love me some Jock, dude. I love him, and I, I didn't think he would play this Snip way, obviously. That. Obviously, he's not that great of a player, right? I mean, you, I mean, he's he's good right now. But the way he's been playing is insane. You never thought he'd get to this level, but he has nothing to lose. It's basically like I love the way that him and Aiden kind of play where they have fouls. And now when Aiden has fouls, you're not worried about it because you have yeah. Jock. Even Biz, if Biz were to come in, I would be fine with that. But Jock, the way he's playing physically against Jokic, he's allowed to play that way. I feel like with him, he makes it makes it a little difficult on him. He's going to give up shots. Obviously, the guy had 53 points tonight. But I love how he can split minutes with DA, dude. I think that's huge. I think um, if we do end up winning the series, he's a big reason why. Obviously, his play at the center position won us games last game. Kudos to Monty. I didn't say anything, but just staying with Jock the whole game, just staying with him in that fourth quarter because he knew that that presence of just physicality, like when he came out in the fourth tonight where Aiden just gave up a few easy layups, it was like, shit, you know, are we going to lose this game now? Because now Monty's trusting Aiden defensively and he believes in him like a Shamit thing. Um, we almost did kind of get towards that way, I feel like, because of the physicality. But this guy's not a starter, but as long as he's getting the minutes he's getting, it's going to be huge for this team in the long run, for sure. Well, you need that. Everybody needs that. Every team needs that. The challenge that the Nuggets have is they don't have a backup five. And that's what, in these past two games, the Suns have been winning the minutes in which the Joker has been on the bench. They didn't win those minutes in games one and two, and they lost the game. You have to win those minutes. Historically, what, what, the Jok- what Jokic did this season, his plus-minus while on the court versus what he was off the court was historic. Like the team, there's never been that much of a disparity between one player. That's why when you hear some people, you know, bang the drum, if you will, for him being the MVP, mm-hmm. that's why. Because he's truly that valuable to the team. Because their backup five is DeAndre Jordan, and you're not playing him in this series. You can't. You can't. And the fact that you have a backup five who can give you these kind of minutes and that much energy and that much value, and, and it, it, it's paramount to the success of the team overall. Because again, DeAndre Ayton can get in foul trouble. He can take some risks. He can try to play a little bit more physical because you can go with Jock behind him. And if Jock gets in trouble, you got Busy behind him, who is a zero on offense, but is still a damn solid defender. Yeah. Want to give a quick shout out to Adam Silverman in the chat, the super chat, $49.99. Again, thank you for Jeez. supporting the podcast. Wow. Says longtime listener. Thanks for the solid content. KD and Book have earned calls in this league, but Joker gets away with so much more. I can't agree more than that. Also love CP3, but think the faster pace is in our advantage versus Denver. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Adam. We truly, truly yeah. appreciate it. Come here. Matthew Matthew's blowing kisses. Black Sunday also gives us five dollars in the super chat, and he says, "Just me, or does our offense look a whole, or as a whole, look way better without CP3? We play faster, and KD isn't being the guy that stands in the corner." Tell me Mm. about that, Matthew. What are your thoughts on that? Because now the Suns without 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 Chris Paul, they're two and zero in these playoffs. Now, granted, both were at home, but yeah. But then game two, too, I don't know. Game two was such a weird game where both teams could not make shit. So that game could have been just a blowout blowout win for the Nuggets. Chris Paul was a little lucky in that game where he had the opportunity that, to play that defensive game and then get up eight points, but then he got hurt. He mm-hmm. went out and it swung so tr- drastically the other way. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, well, did we lose that game because Chris Paul came out? I don't Feels know. Like, that one but felt I love like the it. pace. 
they're bringing the ball up. They have four seconds in the backcourt, and they're they're up. They got 21, 20 seconds on the shot clock, 19 seconds to get in the any kind of any kind of offense they want. Usually it's ISO, but it gives these guys some time to figure things out. I love it. I do love it. I do miss Chris Paul. I don't know if we win the series with him or without him. Who knows? Ball knows it's something we'll never know. We'll never know, baby. We'll never know. Lee Jamster has donated five dollars and thirteen cents. A random number. I absolutely love it. Says, what do we do? Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. You you were born on the thirteenth of May. Yeah, that's wrong. Uh, but what do we do with Paul if when he returns the faster pace seems to be helping? You know, that's that's a conversation for when we think he'll be back. I don't think he's going to be back in the playoffs. Period. It's I don't a, think he won't be back this series. That's a hundred percent sure. There's yep. no way he's coming mm-hmm. coming back this series. And you know, to to Black Sunday's comment, when with, with Chris Paul out, you're seeing more of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant being the primary ball handler, and they're working every all their actions off of that. With Chris Paul, obviously, Kevin Durant ends up being almost like Mikhail Bridges in the old offensive sets. So, I like what we're seeing right now, but you never. I would rather have Chris Paul than not have him. Cameron Payne, as well as he, yeah. uh, you know, 25 minutes, two of eight from the field, four assists, two turnovers, five points. Cameron Payne is essentially like a backup quarterback who you're running the ball and hoping you play good defense with. Like, just don't put the ball in his hands too much and he won't turn it over and, and kill you because that's what he can do at times. Uh, he hit a couple threes or just, or just one three, one three tonight. And it was, it was a nice one. Uh, I would like to see more of him hitting those threes, but I also don't want to see us him shoot us out of the game, which Cameron Payne can definitely do. <clears throat> so when Chris Paul has the ability to come back, I think I think you get strategic. I think you maybe have him come off the bench for a bit. I think you start with this pace against this team if, if he comes back in the series, which again, I think is a, a very, very big what if. A groin pull, if we recall, kept Devin Booker out for 21 games during the regular season, and he has a healthy groin. Chris Paul has a almost 38-year-old mm, groin. Baby. Uh, in fact, his birthday's coming up, isn't it? Who's? Chris Paul. Is yeah. it coming up, or did he just have it? I think it just passed. Wasn't it like here. two days ago? Uh, turned 38. Yep, yesterday. Yeah. So yesterday. he's now 38 and one days old. So mm. again, that's just one of those things where it's – you, you, you have to be careful how you navigate that. You have to take your time with that. And so if he does have the ability to come back, whether it is in the series or if the Suns can advance to the Western Conference Finals, I think that you have him come off the bench. Mm-hmm. You have Cameron Payne set the team, utilize the rhythm that they currently are utilizing, and he comes in and he dictates the offense with those backups and sets the dust. Yeah, and you know what? I kind of trust Monty now to make that adjustment. I think he's adjusted to what the Suns fans want. Like, you can, it's just weird how the Suns fans have really controlled this series. Who they want, they get. And I think now it's like the adjustments that even Chris Paul has to make on the on the on the fly if he comes back, where he's just kind of in the corner again. And that's fine. I think they make the right decision. It's not based on like we got to get Chris Paul out there and we're gonna lose this series with him or without him. We're gonna win it without him. You know what I mean? Or with or without him. It's not a thing anymore. I think Monty's going to make the adjustments. He knows the guys he has now on the on the floor and off the bench where he can make the adjustments to win these games. And I just I trust him again. I really do to make the right call. Well, we'll see once we hit game five how he adjusts because when yes. you're on the road and you have a lot of the animosity coming out and, and the emotion of the other team, that's when you really find out who you are.
Before we get to the subreddit stakeout, I do want to give a shout out to one of our elite jamsters, Thomas Danette, $5 in the super chat. Again, thank you for supporting the pod. Says, love CP3, but his time might be winding down. And I think oh, we can all I agree to that. that. Yeah. And Common, $5.22, so. $20 in the super chat. Says, love you guys. Thanks for being the best post game podcast around. We have a series, boys. Come here. That we do. Matthew's yeah. dishing out kisses. And as a reminder to everybody, if you get a chance, give us a thumbs up. It helps with the <laughs> metrics. Let's everyone else know we're the best post-game podcast on Planet Orange is. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just hit five stars and write a little review. Say, Matthew, stop blowing me kisses. It's awkward. And uh, we'll go ahead and we'll everyone read it. Everyone wants a kiss. Right here on the pod. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right, Matthew was hanging out in Denver. He was looking like Elvis <laughs> Presley. So, oh, oh, that's my favorite character. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was oh. chilly. It was chilly in Denver. Oh, <laughs> I can't do accents at all. That was, um, that was something. My dirty, dirty little glasses over here. I can barely actually see out of these things, man. Wash, uh, your, wash your glasses. Should we get to the Ishbia stuff right away? If, uh, yes. Bro, what the fuck was was that last 10 minutes of my life? I just saw someone in the stands interfere with the game and get their team one point for it. <laughs> yes, that's Ishbio, man. That's what billions of dollars gets you, one point in the NBA <laughs> if you don't even play in the, the NBA. NBA. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ishbio, I don't know if he did, uh, someone lip-read this, but they said uh, in quotation marks, not going to throw me out of my building, laugh out loud. So I don't know if he said mm. that to somebody because people kept coming over the whole time. So, Ooh. and uh Jokic is a legend. Elbow the Suns owner. You think Jokic knew who he was? I don't think he did. No, no. There's no way. Yo- Jokic, you know, if you were to ask Jokic, he probably doesn't even know who like Ish Smith is on his team. Oh, let alone the let yeah. alone Matt Ishbia. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So once again, we should cream this team. They are not even Ew, a team. Gross. It's too. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. What they're into it's a two. It's two stars with a bunch of throwaway players. All of our role players besides MPJ look stressed out and out of sync. Yep, we talked about that. But then MPJ, people wanted him traded. Um, trade MPJ, bum ass doing nothing. There it is. Bunch of that. Bunch Dang. Of that. So the Denver fans are eating alive MPJ. Yeah, they hate him, and I would too. I mean, he does nothing. When I was at the game, all he was doing was shooting threes. I don't really know the box score, what you guys talked about with him, but Not he was really. just shooting threes. He had 11 points. He had 10 rebounds in this game, four assists, a steal, a block. He was two of nine from beyond the arc and four of 13. So he was scoring and, and getting ground rebounds, but he does get – I mean, you do forget that he's out there for quite some time. I think it's one-dimensional, but – so I feel like we're in deep shit this series. <laughs> That's what Whoa, they're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I wish I wish the Pinster brothers were here to talk about that. Remember them? Oh, you know what? I think I blocked one of them. Uh, I I forget what he he said something. Maybe I don't know if I was just the corn kicked in or something, but I blocked them. So maybe they're not allowed back in. I don't know. Sorry, that's my bad. They weren't even that bad. No, it was um, fun, but they haven't showed up since. No, they haven't. Um. All right, so someone actually said Booker so master master class uh, with his feet travel violation. So they're saying that he was traveling a lot. Didn't notice that with him. KD traveled a little bit, but I didn't notice Book traveling. Um, we literally did they, let. Did Booker, they watch Joker? Yeah, it's like everyone travels in the NBA now. Anyways, yeah. we literally just let Booker rest on defense. We don't attack him. We don't run him off screens. We don't do anything. No wonder he's not tired. That guy does not get tired. He does not no. get tired. He's not going to be tired in this playoffs. Nope. 
And uh, Phoenix got the refs and commentary on their side. Good God, this is terrible. What? Oh, I'm wah, sick of hearing that stuff. Wah, uh, that's about it. Thank yeah. you, Wesley David, for 499 Super Sticker. We Thank you. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Adriel Gonzalez wonders, why did they demote Fallen Founder to Equipment Manager? So he can date. <laughs> so he can date again. And he demoted his damn self. Damn it. That's, that's all I got to say. <laughs> why did they? That's all I got. Yeah, I didn't do anything. It's his own name. He did it to himself. Uh, I think I thought I had a trivia time for you. I'm trying to remember. what did. Oh, I love trivia time. Can oh, I tell well, you one funny thing? Is I was listening to Bill Simmons and they were talking about LeBron James and his free throw attempts. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I think he asked uh, Kevin O'Connor, he's like, how many free throw attempts do you think he's attempted so far? I'm like, five. He's all 5.2. I'm like, damn it. You're getting good. All right. All right. We'll, all right. Let's, let's hit you with some trivia time. You know what time it is. Trivia time. Phoenix Suns in this series, or in this series, in this postseason, have now played a total of 35 quarters, Matthew. How many times have they given up 30 or more points? Oh, um, 12. That is incorrect, my friend. They've, give, they've given up 30 or more points in 18 of the 35 oh, okay. total quarters that they've played. And what we're going to do real quick is we're going to do Jamstar, and then we're going to talk about that because we have to talk about adjustments for game number five. Jamstar of the game. All right, Matthew, we got a lot to choose from in this one. Who are you designating as your official game four jam star of the game? Throw the yes. Is it backwards? There you go. Sham it. Oh, I was like, like is, who's named S on the team? <laughs> oh, yeah, Landry Shamit. Yeah. Um, that dude. Yep. I think I'm going to give it to him, too. I mean, it, it's funny to do it when you have two guys who score 36 points apiece. Mm-hmm. Who combined for seventy-two points, but Landry Shamit was the absolute X factor in this game. No other son, other outside of Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, or Landry Shamit, scored over ten points. It, it, it's an issue. It's going to be an issue moving forward, which we're going to talk about here momentarily. But the fact that Landry Shamit came out, scored fourteen points in the fourth quarter, was absolutely paramount to the success of this team and their win. The fourth quarter scoring, nine points for Kevin Durant, two for DeAndre Ayton, zero for Devin Booker, two for Terrence Ross, two for TJ Warren, two for Jock Landell, 14 for Landry Shamit. So I'm I'm just not going to give it to Landry. I'm going to give it to the whole goddamn bench. We needed it. We needed a bench game. We finally got a bench game. So now we turn our eyes to game five coming up. What is that? Tuesday? Tuesday, Tuesday we night. play again. Yep, seven o'clock. Yep. So I mentioned it before. Adjustments, challenges that the Suns have. One, they're top-heavy. Two, we give up fucking points. Now, granted, when you take a look at the Denver Nuggets, you know that this is a solid team. This is a team that has continuity. It's a team that knows how to score. And it's a team that, as the number one overall overall seed in the Western Conference, uh, was fifth overall in the entire league in offensive rating. So they're going to score points. We have to have the ability to get stops. On the road, we have to have the ability to do it. That's why game two sucks. Because we did. We held them to 97 points, man. We caught them off guard. 
And had we won that game, we'd be up 3-1 right now. But you know what? You can't play the what-if game. So what are you looking for in Game 5 as the Phoenix Suns travel to Denver to try to take a vital 3-2 lead in the series? Um, I'm looking for that other guy again. Uh, I think Shamet did a really hell of a job tonight. Jam started the game. But, um, you know, Ross was close to being that guy. I feel like I trust Ross a lot more in that situation where they kind of be the other Walmart version of Booker, you know what I mean? Where he can come out, get to his spot. I trust him to get those shots off and they can go in. He is definitely that guy. I look for him to get the 20 point game next time. And Warren kind of just the 15 point game. I think those guys, now that they got minutes in the last two games, they're warmed up. I think they're ready to come out and hit some big shots in this next game. And also just KD, just those passes. I know it's a five turnovers and Booker had five too, but KDs were just, you know, they kind of killed us on our little runs. We would go on kind of buzz killers a little bit that's the those those are his turnovers so he needs to just settle down on those if he can just settle down get him more in sync with this offense next game you can kind of see how these leads can turn to 10 15 or 20 you know what i mean just if he can kind of just slow down a little bit and be more of himself not throwing the ball away then we can kind of take over because i think the whole Jokic game was amazing and like you said he looks exhausted so let's see going back to denver if he can be the guy that he was tonight I don't know. I mean, maybe, but that's a lot. And I just think that the Suns have the upper hand right now and the confidence. And you just didn't see that really in the series yet. But tonight, you can just tell that they kind of overtook them in that area of the game for sure. Uh, shout out to Joel Ramirez, $5 in the super chat. All this money. Landry, Big D, Shamit. We really appreciate you guys supporting yes, the sir. pod. It, it yes, really sir. means a lot. We put on a lot of time and effort and have a good time doing it. And we love hanging out with the Jamsters. Yeah. There's going to be adjustments coming from Mike Malone. There's no doubt about that. He watched his two-time MVP go out tonight and carry his team 53 points, and they lost. So there's going to be some adjustments. There's going to be more of, hey, listen, Jokic, we got to get the ball in your hands a little bit more. We got to get other guys engaged. They're bench guys versus our bench guys. is going to be huge. And Landry Shamit, TJ Warren, Terrence Ross, these guys, Jock Landell, Tory Craig's seven seconds, whatever. They're, they're going to have to play big in this game. They're going to have to play big. Because if you want to go on the road and win a game, you need your bench to show up. Period. Exclamation point. We need it. We we have to go in there with that mindset. Devin Booker's going to do Devin Booker things. Kevin Durant's going to do Kevin Durant things. Maybe we can get a big eight in game or something offensively. I don't know. But if we want to beat this team in their house, a team that's pretty good at home, the number one seed, again, overall in the Western Conference, we're going to need to have those bench guys once again provide valuables. I love the rotations right now from Monty. Me too. That we criticized for the first two games. It made no sense. With Landry Shamit playing the way that he did tonight, that, that cauterized the way that that bench is playing because the other guys are serviceable. This isn't a great defensive team, the Denver Nuggets. We know that. <laughs> Tory Craig, seven seconds or less. That's what he played. <laughs> but this isn't a great defensive team. In the Denver Nuggets. So you have to continue attack at all times. You have to win those Jokic minutes. And that, again, is going to be the key. Win those Jokic minutes and prevent the rest of their players from going off and having a good thing. Okay, KD450. And shout out to Sean Zellman. Great win. It definitely was. <clears throat> KD gets 50. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be nice? Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here, man? <clears throat> oh, I, How was, I was the game? On... How was the game on... on... Game it was three. great, good energy. But like I said, you can just feel how the Suns fans are running this team. 
they just are just in in the in the arena you know we're fed up with shit and monty adjusts to it so i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing but the energy was high man booker just just makes you feel weird when you're there it's a good weird definitely a good tingle <laughs> so it was a lot of fun again thanks to drew for taking me I had a great time and the seats were in the front row so it wasn't too far into on the second deck which okay. i don't like heights but it was it was like right there so it's like okay ugh. yeah and i'm like my front seat. row like courtside like damn son no 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 just like front row like you're gonna fall off the edge if you get a little too drunk so but it was good it was, it was a lot of fun time, baby well again thank you to drew and thank you to everybody who's tuned in and enjoyed this podcast, enjoyed this Suns win, and enjoyed this journey with us. Again, we'll be coming to you live after Game 5 on Tuesday right here on the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. If you're watching, hit the thumbs up button. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. If you're on DraftKings and you're a new user, use promo code SUNSJAM. 150 bucks in bonus bets right there. Too easy for you. Uh, again, Make sure you follow us at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow me at Darth Void and read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. You can follow Matthew. And it'll be interesting to hear the, the repercussions tomorrow and what Bill Simmons has to say about his good buddy, Matt Ishbia, getting pushed by Nikolai Jokic. I can't <laughs> yeah, wait to hear the, the, the Bill Simmons podcast <clears throat> tomorrow morning. So that's all I got. We'll see you guys come Tuesday night. Go home, little family. <laughs>